Have you ever wondered who is doing the research that will impact your future? The Research Podcast lets you meet those people and learn how the University of Kentucky is exploring and strengthening our understanding of the world through research and discovery. Here's Alicia Gregory, Director of Research Communications. Today we'll meet Richard Osnes from the UK College of Law. He is the Associate Dean for Faculty Research and the Everett H. Metcalf Jr. Professor of Law. He has published more than 60 articles on products liability, trust in estates, environmental law, and water law. He begins by telling us how he ended up in Kentucky. Well, I was born in California, but I've been all over the country. My father was in the Navy, so we traveled a lot. But I um, went to college at the University of Florida and law school there too, and then taught at the University of Florida for a number of years. So I guess I'm a Floridian, at least before I became a Kentuckian. So how'd you end up at the University of Kentucky? Well, they kind of recruited me. I was at Florida, but I was on leave and getting a degree at Yale. And one of the people on the Kentucky faculty had been on the Florida faculty and thought that I would be a good fit for the, some of their curricular needs. So one thing led to another, and here I am. How long ago was that? Uh, 1973. So I've been here more than 40 years. So what motivated you originally to go into law? Well, I just sort of backed into it, I guess. I was an English major and figured that I probably would want to go into some profession and I didn't really care for medicine, so that sort of left law as the next choice. Since I wasn't very good in math, I ruled out engineering pretty quickly. From law to then an academic position, how did that kind of happen? Well, it was purely fortuitous. I was a research assistant for the dean, uh, Frank Maloney, at the time, and he was working on a, a book on Florida water law. And when we finished that, I was about ready to graduate, and he asked if I'd like to join the faculty. Back in those days, they didn't have hiring committees or anything like that. It was pretty much the dean's call. So I said yes, and, and the rest is history. So what does research look like in law? Because I think a lot of people don't really understand what that means. It's not at all like bench science research. We pick out topics that interest us, usually in our field of specialization, and um, you write about it and, uh, and then publish it in uh, law review articles typically, although some people write books or treatises. I'd say the average law review article is about 40 to 50 pages long. I've written some that have been over 120 pages. So it just depends on the subject and, and, and how much you want to write about it. And we can usually do one in a year, maybe a little less than that. Uh, it's a lot of fun and it's very creative. So you mentioned water policy was one of your areas. What are some of the other areas? Well, currently I, I teach products liability, uh, two courses in products liability property and trust in estates. In the past, I've taught uh, land use planning and torts and legal history as well. I've done most of my work in recent years in products liability, and for a long time, for about 20 years, there was always something new happening every year, mainly because uh, clever plaintiff's lawyers came up with new theories of liability and tried them out. But actually, in the last three years or so, three or four years, I've been writing more in the trust in estates area and I find that even though people have been writing in that area for a hundred years, there's, there's always, again, something, not so much something new as a new perspective on something that's old. Uh, one of the areas that I have written a fair amount that is new involves uh, trust protectors, 
who are people that supplement the activities of a trustee uh, and have certain powers that a trustee may not have. And uh, it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting area. There isn't much on it right now. What does some of your research in areas like this, how does that impact how you train students? Well, uh, law school training is fairly theoretical. And so we try to give them, of course, information, but also uh, some idea of, of analyzing things, anticipating problems. For example, I had a pro bono case involving a very small trust. And, and to make a long story short, the, the moral, the takeaway was, read the trust. Uh, it was only one page long and there was a little sentence in there giving him the right to, do, to change the trustee and I said you don't like your trustee? Change him. Get somebody who sees things your way because the trustee wasn't giving him enough money. Something as simple as that that you'd think would be obvious but, but isn't. I don't have too many war stories but they, the students do appear to enjoy them. I think that's always important. Always read a legal document. <laughs> Absolutely, and they don't like to do that. Uh, this generation of students are not especially interested in reading from a text. You know, they, they obtain information in other ways, and you just have to keep insisting that they read cases carefully, read uh, statutes carefully. It's sometimes tedious, but it's really important. So what's been the most rewarding part of these 50 years? Well, for me, it's the research. Now, I enjoy teaching, too. Students are wonderful, but I like the creative aspect of writing. Uh, and again, we're pretty much lone wolves. We don't, we don't use teams much. And so it's just me sitting down, thinking about something, coming up with ideas. You, you do send it around and have other people give, you know, react to it sometimes. But that's just uh, it's a lot of fun. Just as simple, uh, as simple a task as organizing, you know, what goes first and what goes second. It's not as easy as it might seem, at least in some cases. And I guess I never really realized the connection between being a good writer and law. Oh, it's very important. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of students don't have a good background in English. The, their grammar is terrible. Their vocabulary is limited. Now, it's not everybody, of course, but you, you get a certain number. And it's a real handicap for them because they can't express themselves, especially in, in writing. And when I teach seminars, I, I spend a lot of time just on the nuts and bolts of, of how to research and how to write. Uh, I'd say 30% of our students are from out of state or at least have gone to out-of-state schools. So uh, they come in with, very, with varied backgrounds you really have to work with those people because they need, that's something they need to be able to do when they get out. Uh, they think, you know, they, they'll be trial lawyers like Perry Mason, but um, writing is still, no matter what kind of law you practice, you still have to be able to express yourself clearly. You're the Associate Dean for Faculty Research. That's right. What does that entail? I try to be helpful to younger faculty, although frank, frankly they're more savvy than I am about a lot of things. Uh, I try to facilitate research. I'm in charge of the summer research grant program and um, every other year we do a, a, a faculty a workshop uh, for young faculty from all over the country. And then there's just little things that come along uh, having to do with, with research. And of course I go to these meetings every uh, month, the uh, ADR meetings. And uh, that's a revelation because we don't do that kind of research by and large. So. Uh, it's interesting to hear the issues that they think are important. How the kind of work we do fits into the UK's research agenda. And literally, 
it doesn't cost anything for us to do what we do, other than maybe a little computer support. And um, we publish it in journals. We don't get any money for that. So the university tends to, I think, undervalue that now. I think Lisa Cassis has been, uh, is a little more familiar with what we do now because we've talked about it. And, and I think she's supportive of that. It doesn't have a direct payoff, but I think if we view research as trying to improve the community, improve the world, as opposed to simply raising money, then I think what we do is pretty important. We have this thing called UK Knowledge, it's a database, and it's had about 170,000 uh, downloads. So somebody out there is paying attention to what we're doing. I've listened to some of the grants or some of the that people have obtained, and my reaction is, you know, if we, there was a legal component to that, like there's a lot of stuff on drug use in, in parts of the state. Well, sure, you can put up clinics and all of that, but what about a legal, what's the legal response to all of that? You know, criminal penalties, something else, you know, some kind of structural change. That's what we're good at. And, and I think some of the, the grants of that sort would benefit from maybe a component. Uh, and I think there are people on our faculty who would be capable of, of contributing to something like that. I wrote an article on um, lawsuits uh, against drug companies and, and other kinds of lawsuits and, and whether they're effective or not in, in connection with OxyContin. I was able to say, okay, here are all the lawsuits, uh, at least published ones, and here's here are the theories that have been successful, here are the theories that have not been successful, and here's where perhaps we should be going in terms of a civil legal response to it. And like I say, that's the sort of thing that I think we can do and perhaps should be doing more of. Thank you for listening to The Research Podcast. To subscribe to our podcasts on SoundCloud or iTunes, search University of Kentucky Research Media and visit our site, reveal.uky.edu.